0: the payoff welcome to an all-new episode of the payoff i'm tom that's jeff we're covering not a classic but an infamous match scenario behind the scenes drama wcw um less than a year before they go out of business russo hogan lawsuits jeff jarrett laying down for the title i mean oh and this is all back where uh the the hogan heel run began just four years later the the daytona beach uh, ocean center believe it or not so yep exactly yep you have what uh, I, I i why did you want us to talk about this So this one, I even, uh, I think the catalyst for me was there was a, and we'll talk about it here, but there was a re-earthed interview, if you will, um, that was making the rounds quite a bit. I was actually, I think it was back in April or March, I don't even remember, but. It, it hogan did right after this took place were really uh, shooting hard uh, yeah, and he sounds uh, different right like the tone yep. like he, he's not he's not the hulk hogan brother i mean he's like a it's like this is actually like a real person and, and that's rare for him yeah and this was of course the Bubba the love sponge show that we do and so it was actually less than 24 hours after the show and so um and this was you know even to this day it's who knew who was getting worked like who was in on it. Like it's, it's almost like not quite the level of the screw job, but even like kind of reading back on some of this, there were so many reports that were just like, what to believe what's going on. Like at the same time, like, you know, you can kind of point to what was happening, but it's still just crazy. And so um, I think that's my primary reason for wanting to cover this is because the whole thing is just so fucked like it really is. And so I, I, you know, there's really not a whole lot else to say like, yeah, we can talk about the show, but uh, okay. Like let's, you know, there's so much that happened behind the scenes, just like the screwdriver. You forget that a whole show took place as well beforehand. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to dig into all of it. I'm I'm looking forward to it and it's, uh, it's like a car crash. You can't not look at it as you drive by. So Uh, This will be interesting and fun, and we'll see where it takes us. But let's get into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. Bash at the Beach 2000, Daytona Beach Ocean Center, July 9th of 2000, 6,500 in attendance. I mean, it's crazy because, like, you think for – and we've talked about this before, Jeff, but, like, for as bad as WCW was at this stage, for as close as they were to "quote unquote" going out of business, they're still putting 6,500 fans in a uh, in an arena and, and drawing a pay per view crowd. So it's like yep. they still were making. I mean, you know, there there was still revenue coming in. It's not like there. I mean, there were a shit ton of eyeballs on WCW at this time. Um, you know, again, different TV landscape. I get all that. So the tagline for this show was it ain't no picnic. And okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we we start off cruiserweights, Lieutenant Loco defeating Juventud Guerrero to retain his cruiserweight championship. Big Vito's your WCW hardcore champion. He's gonna retain it uh by defeating Norman Smiley and Ralphus in six minutes. Daphne is going to win a wedding gown match against Miss Hancock, who we know as Stacey Keebler. She's accompanied by David Flair. That was a four minute match. Chronic, Brian Adams, and Brian Clark are going to win the WCW Tag Team Championships against the perfect event of Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo. I can't say that I remembered that tag team. Canyon. Uh, <laughs> <Spanians, laughs> is going to defeat Booker T in a 10 minute singles match. That Canyon um documentary the uh mm-hmm. that man that was wild. That really, I mean, seemed like a really nice guy and it's a shame Yeah, but super talented. Uh Mike Awesome is going to win by DQ over Scott Steiner in a US heavyweight championship match in 9 minutes. Uh Vampiro is going to defeat the Demon in a graveyard match in 8 minutes. Shane Douglas is going to defeat Buff Bagwell in seven minutes. Then we get the match we're about to cover. After that, Goldberg defeats Kevin Nash in five minutes. Um, This was determining Scott Hall's WCW contract, uh, which was terminated because Goldberg won. You know, Goldberg can beat Kevin Nash in five minutes here, but when he's red hot we're going to end the streak uh, with Kevin yeah, in, w- with a cattle prod and yeah. then, and, and you'll get into this, but, but due to what happens in the match, we're going to cover um, Booker T and Jeff Jarrett would have a singles match. In, uh for the WCW world heavyweight championship at the end of this show. So absolute, just pure chaos, pure chaos. Yeah. But yeah, that, what I was gonna say, I one do of wanna... the add is, is the announcers, God bless them, said 16,000 fans were in the audience. Right. They're sixteen. So, yes, yeah, sixteen thousand. So um yeah, right, get only six, get in, yeah, Get into the build of why these two were wrestling, and then we're gonna just watch the backstage and the match and everything, and and then we're gonna we're gonna talk more about it. So um, but yeah, how how did absolutely we, Hogan you know, I'm curious what Hogan was doing at this time. Uh, I, I'm just curious about all of this because mm-hmm. many of us probably weren't watching this at the time, and we vaguely remember. I'll, I'll give the listeners at home. I'll kind of, I'll kind of uh, go off tangent for a second. Here. So, looking at this card too, since we got some time to kill, since this is a short one, there was uh, the highest-rated match on this card was three and a quarter stars. Do you want to take a stab at which match you think got three and a quarter stars? the canyon match uh the canyon booker t was three it was actually mike awesome and scott steiner in that, that would have been three my and a quarter match. man uh and the main event also getting three and everything else is either uh well uh it was bad and so except the opener of course the cruisers but you no know, they shouldn't shock anybody so well I'm a, yeah. I'm a i'm a huge uh mike awesome uh mark yep, so you are yeah that absolutely good stuff so all right um few things happen here so i'm gonna start with jeff jarrett on this and so you've got the it was actually april uh and so this is july 2000 is when this Bastion in the beach taking place it was april where you had that kind of rebooted wcw with eric bischoff and vince russo in charge and so at that time all of the titles were vacated so you also had them creating the new blood stable as well as the millionaires club stable and so the new blood uh for those that need a reminder it was kind of the the younger wrestlers at the time and so um a lot of different people it was huge it was massive but um you had like people like uh, you know mike awesome was a part of it buff bagwell was a part of it the leaders were bischoff russo and and kind of jarrett on this one and so but also like brett hart was a part of it billy kidman um ray mysterio so you had some some interesting people in that one but then you also had the millionaires club with hogan and flair kind of being the leaders of it if you will Um, and then you had nash ddp sting henning luger couple other people as well too but for the most part that that's who's kind of making up and so this was the older you know talent holding back the younger talent was kind of what they were going for on this one and so um so Jarrett actually joining the new blood it was spring stampede april sixteenth. he actually beat ddp who was a millionaires club member to win the vacant wcw world heavyweight championship at the time and so um you had page Winning it back, you know, like a week later, it was kind of a little bit of back and forth. Then, as we all remember, you had the um Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff taking on DDP, and David Arquette, which led to David Arquette winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. We all know that worked out so well for everybody, um, after pinning Bischoff in that match. And so, um, Kimberly Page, uh, DDP's wife, was the special referee at the time. You also had Like, there was just a lot. It was bad. There was just a lot happening and stuff like that. And so you ended up to Jarrett. You had the slamboree May 7th match between Jarrett beating Page and David Arquette. It was a three way triple cage match with um, Jarrett winning, of course, after Arquette turning on Page during that match. It would have been Jarrett's second WCW World Heavyweight Championship on that one. And so. he kind of back and forth with it. He got the title back from Ric Flair a couple times, feuded with Nash and Hogan throughout June of 2000. And then of course we had uh, this July bash at the beach. So they, while he feuded with Nash and Hogan a little bit, not a ton, like, you know, there, there was some stuff, but you know, they, because of the factions that they were in the stables they were in, you know, they, they did have some interaction. So Hogan on this one, I'm going to go back to August, 1999. Um, if we remember, there was a six man main event tag match. Uh, it was, he did not come out uh, or came out. Her son came out dressed in the traditional red and yellow Hogan had on like black and white. It was just, it was, it's kind of weird and kind of starting what we would, you know, really what i think was the kind of start of things getting just weirder and so um you had hogan beating nash it was a retirement match actually at uh, road wild to retain the wcw world heavyweight champion he actually took a break from tv from october 1999 to 2000 there was like different things happening here but hogan in his own book said that uh, he was asked to take time off by newly hired head of creative Vince Russo and was told it was not told when he would be brought back at the time, despite some reservations. He agreed to do so. Um, did come back. It was uh, like that October 24th. It was Halloween havoc. Sting was supposed to fade or Hogan was supposed to face sting for the heavyweight championship. Like I said, he came out in street clothes. He laid down for the pin and then left the ring. So, we get then it was getting into February at this point, like, and he was still kind of off TV and stuff. And so like we said, he was scheduled for this Jeff Jarrett, you know, world heavyweight championship match. So some of the reading I was doing here was that Hogan was paid per appearance. So it was very important that he got on all the paper. He would get more money on a pay-per-view same with the weekly. And so, when he's not getting booked, he's not getting paid. And so that was a big part of this, too, of kind of what was happening behind the scenes. You had Vince Rousseau taking over. There was probably some, I'd say, you know, bad blood as well already in the water there. But it, it kind of having how this played out was just interesting. So we'll talk about it in the aftermath here. But you were already starting to see some dissension amongst, like, kind of what was happening and, and kind of what was going. And so it was just it was all very weird. There's, you know, and I've got a lot of quotes and there's a lot out there now. And of course the dark side of the ring episode as well too. And so, um, you know, Hogan had also been taking, or you know, having a lot with Billy Kidman as well too, up to this point, And he was not a fan of working with Kidman. And so that was difficult for him as well too. So just, just a lot of really weird stuff, and so to your point, like what was Hogan doing during do it do, doing during this time? Not a lot because he was being kept off TV. Whether it was injury, whether it was Vince Rousseau, whatever it might have been, he just wasn't around a whole lot at this point. So, yeah, we've got uh, you know some interesting stuff to watch here with this. It's not going to be very long, but then we'll just kind of keep talking about it after the fact as well too. Yeah, and, and you're, you're, you you're you covered it, but it's just like you go through and you look at, like, Hogan's, you know, 99, 2000 in WCW, and it's just like, what in the hell were they doing with him? I mean, they're probably paying him a shit ton of money, but, like, I mean, you know, he's working Sid and Nash and Sting and Sav. I mean, like, he's doing all this stuff, but none of it's memorable. None of it makes any sense, like – It was just not good at all, Um, you know. And then after after this happens, he's gone, and WCW goes away. And then he's, you know, they did the XWF thing in two thousand and one, and then you know he's back on WWE in two thousand and two. But it's just a just a weird little like, you know, call it like three to four year stretch for him, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I, a lot of this, too, was, you know, we see as well, like, and Hogan has said this, and you, it kind of makes sense, like, Russo was not a fan of Hogan having so much creative control over what he could and couldn't do, which, smartest thing ever for Hogan to do, but also, like, trying to build something. I, I think it was beyond the point of saving, at this point, WCW. Like, it just wasn't ever going to happen. Um but at the same time, like, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it all played out very weird at the same time. Um But here, here's, and, and my, so- like, here's my defense of Hulk Hogan is, well, what the hell are they going to do with him? You know what, you know what they would have done with him if he didn't have creative control? They would have done what they did to Ric Flair, which is embarrass him. And, you know, so I, I mean, I, 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 I don't blame him. I'd want creative yeah. control too. I'd protect my character. The guy's got a multi-decade legacy and he doesn't want to be, you know, put into a spot where he's going to be embarrassed. So that's going to be ruined. And and God love Rick he He's come out fine despite it. But like, you're talking about a guy that they shaved his head and they, you know, ran him into the ground and he wasn't making nearly the money that some of the other guys were and, you know, he divorced and depression and, you know, all these things. And it's like, yeah, good, good for, uh, you know, good for Hulk Hogan to, to exert that creative control because God knows what they would a guy like Vince Russo would have done to him if he didn't have it. Yeah, one of the quotes here, I'll read uh, part of this is uh, this is Hogan. Uh, the business is about money, miles, and number one, all of the sudden, I'm in a bad position. I have a creative clause in my contract just in case somebody like Stephanie McMahon's six year old daughter gives me a bad finish, I can cover myself. I'm going to exercise the creative clause. I'm going to hit Jarrett with the boot. Rousseau is going to hit the ring, duck the bat, powerbomb, hit Jarrett with boot one, two, three. Ru- Russo says, Fuck you! You can't do that. Fuck you! You son of a bitch! You can't do this to me. Take it easy, bro. It's not a big deal. I'll do the job for Jarrett, but I want out of my contract. If not, I'll win the match by date DQ. But tell me what you're going to do with me. Lie to me. Outwork me. I can't lie to you. I can't do anything with you. What do you think of? What do you think? Uh, what do you want me to think of? If you're as good as you say you are, and we have Vince McMahon tearing the house down and apparently you weren't running that company there because I can see what a creative genius you've been here. Our whole business is in the tubes. Maybe you can't think of anything. Fuck it, brother. That's when Bischoff get into it. Get that's when Bischoff get into it and they start arguing because they're having a bunch of problems. Uh, Call Brad Seagull back. Tell him I'm taking the belt off Jarrett. They call him back and he goes, I'm reading Hogan's contract. He had, he had created control over the body content and final finish of his matches. If he wants the belt, give it to him. So, and then we get into this. <laughs> so, yeah. Crazy. Just crazy. Yep. Oh, and well, yeah, Brad like Yeah, I was gonna say Brad Siegel, who he's referencing was one of the executives at the time um, with, you know, kind of all these dealings as well, too. So it's just, yeah. So let's get into it. We're at the one hour and 50 minute mark of Bash at the Beach 2000. Uh, We're going to just watch this and we'll provide some commentary and see what happens. And then we can talk about the uh, aftermath and what we thought about it afterwards. How's that sound? That sounds good. I will say I'm interested because one of the things I was reading was the pop when Jarrett comes out and then the pop when Hogan reacts to it and does like the crowd thing. And so let's, I want to make sure we're listening to it at that point because they said it was massive, but it's all relative too. So we're, I I, like, I, I, this is going to be wild. I haven't watched the full thing since we've been researching it. So I'm excited, but it's going to be wild. Me neither. So we'll track it. Okay. Watch it. You ready? Let's do this. All right. It's time for. The payoff. Oh,
1: It's time for the payoff. He's here! He's here! It is! Hollywood Hogan is here! They know the about it, and let's go to Mean Gene. He looks good. All right, Tony, I thank you very much. He is in the house tonight, Jeff Jarrett. I told you before we went on the air that Hollywood Hogan would be here. What now? Listen So's up, not- good. Listen up, good. Jurassic slapass. My patience is running short with you. Hogan's here. Big deal. Plan A now goes into effect. You know, over the years, Hulk sure has made a lot of enemies. So tonight, allies aren't hard to find. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Jeff Jarrett. What do you mean by that? You ever seen the movie Usual Suspects, Gene? Wait and see. Now choke on that, Slappy. All right, uh, quite a history between Jeff Jarrett and
0: Hollywood <laughs> Weird H- promo, okay. So you have yeah, me, and Gene, think- so this is they Hogan walking backstage. You had uh and gene interviewing Jarrett. they're now showing like some of the new blood kind of taking out hogan and doing all that and so they're they're kind of cutting the promo and showing that so yeah just really weird stuff is there I, we'll, we'll get into it at like we're watching the promo that's lead up and is like is there any way that this could have been saved like is I, I, I is wcw just too far beyond saving at this point like is there anything that could have happened dude they were i i know I, I mean they're the, the thing is is that i mean you know dude they the the company is in like the overall company just did not want WCW to succeed. So I mean, they're not mm-hmm. giving them any resources, any anything. Okay, I mean, no, it, there, there is, there's just no way that this was going to survive. Yeah, it's so much bigger than oh, Russo sucked at booking or Hogan this or whatever it might be. It was just so much bigger than that. We got Michael. uh, That's Michael Buffer, right? Yeah, always him. His brothers, him and his brother, doing UFC as well too. I I get them. I get them so mixed up. Yep. And so uh, apparently, slap nuts. I see a lot of slap nut signs. I did forget that until this moment that that was kind of Jarrett's kind of rib on people, if you will. Um, And so just an out. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I feel like at this point, like they obviously the interview that was 24 hours after this happened. Like you knew what was going on. Like that was just kind of plain and simple at this point. So, um, let's see, I'm just reading through some of this stuff. So another quote here, uh, is they're kind of coming out to the ring at this point or about to not yet? Uh, According to Hogan, Russo didn't have a good reaction to him using creative control. Russo is out of his mind. This is Hogan. Uh, Jarrett comes in the dressing room. Johnny Ace lays down a hell of a finish. It's so long, I had to quit screwing around, put the beer (laughs) can down, and really think about it. It's a hell of a finish. Jarrett is going, I get it. We go over the finish, and Jarrett goes, I have to run out for this match. I'll be right back. He never comes back. Ten minutes before the match, Johnny Ace comes to, is everything okay? Yeah, Jarrett never comes back. I crushed a Miller Light can. Get ready to go to the ring. I said, something is weird, though. Jarrett is a good detail man, and I'm surprised he didn't come back to talk about the finish. That's okay. I know he had the run in. I'll call it in the ring. I'll make it work, uh, Hogan recalled. He continued. I go out to the ring. Give me your time stamp, by the way. I am at 153, 52, 53, 54, 55. Okay, cool. All right um i go to the ring and i'm predicting trouble i don't know if some of the boys might run out there i got my two gimmicks on me i got the half inch sword the quarter inch sword two inch sword anywhere from 10 stitches to 550 stitches depending on how bad i want to pull it i'm thinking old school i'm thinking this shit is on now i kept two in my mouth one on my wrist i'm being cool but i'm not a fucking idiot And so you got Rousseau walking to the ring now at this point.
1: Mr. Rousseau's back. Welcome back, Mr. Uh, Rousseau. Yeah, thanks. We haven't seen it in quite a while. Hey, Barry Bonds doesn't have the guts to show up to the All-Star game. Mr. Rousseau grabbed his shirt, grabbed his back. Here he is.
0: Mark Madden was great on commentary, by mm, the way. Yep. All right, so Russo in the ring, Jarrett coming down. About the yep. situation
1: involving this man, Vince Russo. Here comes Jeff. Here comes champ.
0: So he's about to come out. Russo is out there. He's got the belt and leaning on the apron. No big deal. I figure he's being a prick because he's mad as hell at me. Jarrett walks out and is walking around. I think he's working. I come out. The roar is electric. The loudest pop of the night. I do the ear thing just to stick it up Russo's ass and show him how over I was. And so now that this is where we're at is Jarrett's kind of walking around the ring. He's got the guitar. He's got the belt on. They're just kind of walking around. Crazy blood members, but it
1: was Russo who was introduced by Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett, the chosen one, has always way. been
0: mostly yeah, most pyro there, than yeah.
1: Than any other performer in WCW. What is Russo doing out here? Why is he out of ringside here with Jeff Jarrett in his corner here tonight? I'll tell you what we're seeing. We're seeing Jeff Jarrett. And Kaiser Sose himself fits Russo in the ring. One That's of the enemies, great music. one of the many enemies, according to Jeff Jarrett, that yeah. Hulk Hogan has made in this sport. And it's time to take a walk down Sunset Boulevard straight to Hollywood. Well, I don't know why Mr. Russo's here, but I do know I like it. I wonder if Hogan has a plan, I wonder if Hogan has help lined up, I wonder if Hogan has a man the stature of Vince Russo looking out for him, i rather doubt it, cause Hogan has burned a lot of bridges, he's fresh out of friends in wrestling. Well if you believe Jeff Jarrett, Hogan will not have a plan, he will not have a backup, it will be, to point of freeze, mono on mono. Hogan and
0: Jarrett for the World Heavyweight Championship. And Hogan's like kind of looking and kind of like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, you see him looking behind him a little bit there. Like, that was interesting. Yep. The Ocean Center in Daytona Beach. Same event. You see Yeah, he did it again. He's kind of just looking over his shoulder. Does the NWO exist at this point? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's like coming up with music, but I like, I mean, they weren't like a
1: save colors, the cheer by the fans, going after the WCW title once again. I'll tell you
0: one battle. It looks so good, too. Looks nice. it the been a few years prior the scene so that was a walk. And now, yep.
1: that comes to pass. Hogan! Hulk Hogan earned this shot defeating Billy Kippen at the Great American Bash, and hang on, I was wondering what Hogan was motioning to and uh, so Hogan got the bite. Here's the chosen one has taken it back up. You know something, Jeff Jarrett? You are the chosen one because I have chosen you to powerbomb your ass through this match for my brother Big Sexy. So come on down and get your ass kicked, Jarrett. So Why,
0: Jarrett's now Peyton back up Ruthie, at the top to of the ring. Him. Kind of weird.
1: He's said i have chosen you to powerbomb bomb you right to the ring.
0: Even though he came out first, he kind of waited in, and he's now at the top.
1: Game of his own. Now is that Jeff Jarrett being confident or is that Jeff Jarrett being scared out of his shorts knowing that he's gonna step into the ring with Hollywood Hogan? Or is that Jeff Jarrett who knows something that Hollywood Hogan doesn't? Good. good questions on both ends there whatever this is, it is. Interesting because i have like a real
0: time with hogan what he was saying it's almost like a real time and so we're about to see it happen here because two to three times Jarrett doesn't get in the ring i think he's working the crowd and we're going to tear the place down i got them right in the palm of my hand when you have them like that you can fart in the ring and the place will go crazy so you got Jarrett circling the ring now oh, walking up the steps Maybe getting in, maybe not. Yeah, the same ring gear that uh Jarrett wears now. With the yeah, the, right. It's the same exact. Okay, here you go, and he's laying down. A minute.
1: What's Jeff doing? Is it Halloween Havoc over again? Russo's coming. Russo. Russo, I think told Jarrett to lie down. What's going? Russo is holding the belt up like, do you want the belt? Pin the man. Jarrett's down. I don't I, And Hogan is a shot. What we are. in the world? Jeff Jarrett. This can't be Jeff Jarrett, a man that grew up in this sport. Well, though, is there, what is going on? Russo throws the belt Hogan. in the ring the at the feet
0: of Hogan. What
1: the hell? Now Russo. This is, I think we're deviating from the from the norm here. Deviating from the script. I hesitate to say that, but what the hell is going on? I don't think Hogan had any idea what was going on. Uh, Russo
0: sucks, champ.
1: I don't, I I don't know what to say. I I don't know if Hulk Hogan. Hogan has asked for another microphone. I think he wants to talk again. So, Fanta, we apologize. Uh, Russo, Russo, what a, what a return. Is this your deal, Russo? Russo? Wow. That's why this company's in the damn shape it's in because of bullshit like this. My God, this is real life. One, two, three. Oh, We've got a new world champion. I guess, I guess Good God almighty, are we going to have some explaining to do tomorrow? Look at, look at Hogan's face. Jeff Jarrett just turned his back on Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah, this is so bad. Yeah, it's, that's it. Like it's weird it's uncomfortable it's bad it's i mean i i know there's other aspects of it but it's like man russo like you're just an asshole like you know you may not be able to book hulk hogan or write anything for him or think his career's over but like have some fucking respect for the guy like just just let him out of his contract and let him go work for vince or pay him to stay at home but like having him come there and like embarrassing him like this and you know you're screwing over the fans you're screwing over a legend for what because you don't like that you can't have full control over every single person absolute bullshit well let's let's continue talking about but let's get into the aftermath Oh, it's time for the aftermath well, what did what did you think? Yeah, so I mean, it's just weird. It really is, and so even like I'm not we good weird, not good weird, not right not weird, right. not inside baseball weird, just bad weird. Well, and if you're watching, I so we still have it on, and I'm watching like Tony right now is like even he could tell almost kind of tell he's like what is going on? like they're discussing yeah. it like what the hell is going on, but that's it, they've moved on like. There, there's nothing else like they're showing Vampiro. Like you know, it's just there's you know it, it's really unusual how it played out. And so, yeah, this you know what, how does this play out? What's happening? Stuff like that. And so you had Hogan at this point. We'll get into what actually like, happened with them. But this is of course the right Hogan explaining it in the moment. This son of the bitch gets in the ring and lays down. Rousseau looks at me, climbs up on the apron. Fuck you, Hogan. He throws the belt at me. I look down at Jarrett. Is this a quoting? asking Jarrett, is this a rib? Why are you doing this? Jeff goes, You always told me to do what I have to do. He's laying in the middle of the ring and I'm talking to him, Get up and wrestle. Let's stick it up this guy's ass. You're one of the boys. You've always said, Do what I have to do. I'm doing what I have to do. You're a fucking piece of shit. I put my foot on him. They counted it. I took the belt, walked to the back, and said, fuck him. I came to the back and said, where's Russo at? I couldn't find him nowhere. I'm sh- shaking so bad, I'm ready to cry. Uh, Here comes Russo. He pops up on the monitor. I scream, get Nick out of here, his son. I was going to kill Russo, and I didn't want him to see it. And so uh it kind of went on. He said, uh, he saw me to get my... Or, uh, got my kids out of the building. So he knew I was up to something. I waited for that son of the bitch to come back and I'm going to unload on him. Half of Russo's boys are watching his back. I'm not going to drop any names, but I saw, I had people on my left side watching me. Uh, Dellinger, one of the backs, he says, Terry, get out of here. No, I got something I have to say. It's not worth the lawsuit. Get out of here. Um, and I had a f- Bischoff and a few others, uh, get me out of there! Wow, so <laughs> just insanity. So, like we said, like kind of the, the the more the aftermath on this one. Like, um, you had the uh defamation of character lawsuit against Russo. Um, it eventually got it did get dismissed in two thousand two. Russo claims the whole thing was a work, and Hogan claims that Russo made it a shoot. Eric Bischoff agreed with Hogan's side of the story. He wrote that Hogan winning and leaving with the belt was a work devised by Bischoff rather than Russo and that he and Hogan celebrated after the event over the success of the angle, but that Russo coming out to fire Hogan was an unplanned shoot, which led to the lawsuit filed by Hogan. It was the last time he was seen in WCW. Hogan claims in his autobiography that Russo turned the angle into a a shoot and he was double crossed by Turner executive Brad Siegel who did not want to use him anymore to do Hogan's cost per appearance. Eric Bischoff states in his autobiography that Hogan winning the leave- winning and leaving with the title was a work which would result in his return several months later with the plan to crown a new champion at Halloween Havoc, where Hogan would come out at the end of the show and ultimately win a champion versus champion match. But Rousseau came out to fire him was in fact a shoot, which led to the lawsuit filed by Hogan. Uh Yeah. Uh Bischoff claims that Hogan celebrated at the event, but was distraught to get a phone call hearing of Rousseau's in-ring shoot after Hogan left the arena. And so, um Jarrett went on to have another match later this evening. Um, but it also feuded at the end of Mike Awesome, Sting, Buff Bagware, Flair. Um, it was actually uh it didn't really get picked up by WWF when they bought them. And so uh, it was, it, it's, it's in here. You know, like, uh, Vince McMahon was seen watching Jarrett with the WCW venue on the television set, mocking Jarrett's trademark of distinctively spelling out his name. McMahon stated that Jarrett would be capital G double O double N double E gone. So um, yeah, that part of it just being weird too. So, I mean, this just, what are your thoughts? I'll stop for a second here before we can get into some of the reading or the reviews, if you will. So yeah, what do you, what do you, I mean, where are you just, at it, at this it's point? It's just, it's just horrible. Like, like compare this to like the Montreal screw job, and yeah, that was kind of awkward and annoying and weird too. But like that was interesting, and it was mm-hmm. a really good match and. Yeah, they hated each other and had to do some screwy things, but oh, well. I mean, th- this just this is just horrible. And it's, again, how, how do you get to this point? It's just horrible leadership. And it's just a company that had horrible leadership. And, you know, Russo is both a creative genius and probably not the right guy to be managing the entire process. He's a great number 2. He's a great guy to sit in a writers room and come up with crazy ass writers and 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 scripts and and great booking. But like that's a much different job than actually managing personnel. And is Hulk Hogan difficult to deal with? Yes. Guess what? Most high performing people in most industries are difficult to deal with. Do you think the star quarterback is easy to deal with? Do you think that the uh, the the actor that's uh, leading in the film is easy to deal with? No. Talented people are tough to deal with. Austin was tough to deal with. Hogan was tough to deal with. You know, so- What's the point? The point is, is that you know uh, Russo was just a massive failure in this role um, in a chaotic WCW that had no great leadership and had a company that was trying to end it, but just absolutely horrible. And yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, I, I defend Hulk Hogan in this for sure. You yep. know, <clears throat> like the guy cared about his legacy; he didn't want to be participating in shitty booking at this point in his career. So figure out a better way to do it. So that's my thought. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, and I, so I just kind of fast forward a little bit here. Like Jarrett, they have the match against Booker T at the end of the night here. Like Jarrett walks out with the belt again after Hogan just won it. So also it's like, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, like it had to be confusing even for the people there of like, the hell is going like verso did come out and cut like a 10 minute promo too which yeah that's what you really want on your show but like just really weird like all of it and so um this one and so kind of talking through this one hogan was 59 in 2000 Jarrett was five actually and so there's a lot here that I'm going to read through, and so, but and then we'll get you know uh, obviously our thoughts. But uh, the torch on this one was work or shoot. It seems getting people to ask that question is among the top goals of Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. Bischoff attempted a number of times to fool fans, reporter, and his own wrestlers and staff. Most famously, the Brian Pillman incident, where he refused to wrestle Evan Sullivan. Russo has been around firsthand for the 1997 Survivor Series incident, where Vince McMahon swerved Brett out of the title said uh has since wanted to be the mastermind behind a similar controversy so sunday, sunday they succeeded in creating such a situation wrestlers inside everywhere are wondering what exactly happened sunday how much of it was planned all some or none and what the implications will be the mainstream wrestling fans however were not enthralled with the situation if the incident work, it appears only three people were in on it russo hogan and eric bishop here is uh here, the elaborate scenario those three appear to have devised to get this angle over as being a shoot. The plan was for Hogan and Jarrett to take place. Hogan to dominate Jarrett, bloody Jarrett, and power John, Pop- bomb Jarrett through a table. Then Scott Steiner was going to year on the behalf. Jarrett would be DQ'd as a result of interference. Rather than restart the match or order a rematch that night, Jarrett was going to be forced to wrestle Booker T as punishment later that night. Booker T was scheduled to win the title either way. After uh, uh, all afternoon, Hogan met with Russo and Bischoff in his bus. First met with Bischoff alone, then with Russo alone, then with Bischoff alone, then with both of them. The quote, shoot storyline is that difficult notion negotiations were taking place all afternoon amongst those three. The turning point of these, quote, negotiations was supposedly that Hogan asked Rousseau what he had planned for him after the pay-per-view. Rousseau told Hogan he has no plans for him, but he would figure something out. Hogan got upset because he gets paid per appearance on Nitro. Hogan, upset with Rousseau's lack of respect for his star statue and value to WCW, invoked his creative control clause in his contract. He ordered WCW to let him win the title as revenge for that not having plans for him after the pay-per-view. After all, if he won the pay-per-view, they'd have to come up with something with plans to use him. The Observer on this one um uh, Hogan pinned Jarrett to theoretically win the title. Vince Rousseau came out looking forlorn. Lauren. Jarrett came down. The announcers went on and on about they were saying that it was real life, not a part of the format. Mark, who hates Hogan, took great delight, clearly thinking it was a shoot that Hogan was exposed for what he was. Um, yeah. Rousseau try- came out and tried to do a face interview. Nobody reacted to what he said. It was kind of embarrassing him having him to do his pep talk uh and then paid and papered crowd and the paid and papered out apparently not computer savvy enough to be in on all the things that happened during the week had no clue what he was talking about it was it talked about his wife and three kids and i didn't know if he would come back uh but he did have loyalty to all the great wrestlers like just on, on here uh da, da, da. yeah same thing um uh, Hogan played his creative control card. He said that Hogan insisted that he win the title from Jarrett, so he gave Hogan a belt and said that you will never see Hogan again. The basic theory seems to be eventually breaking up WCW into a Bischoff-led group and a Rousseau-led group. Um, da-da-da. he said Jarrett would wrestle Booker T for the new title because the old one was buried. I referenced the WCW there. Um, yeah. Hogan gets to be heart and swerve himself into the position of trying to be relevant again, just as he's tried by making himself count him red and yellow Hulk. Uh gets the respect of the dressing room for ridding it of Hogan's cancer, and even got to mention names of the frustrated guys to make them feel important. And most importantly, if it worked, he undying loyalty, something a booker needs to get things accomplished. It's something Noker and WCW has had for years. He gets some TV to get younger guys over and has a whole crew of major names to feud them when they come back. Uh, why were there two belts there? Why wasn't Hogan's mic cut off if it was a sh- in that situation? And with someone as political savvy as Hogan, he would have talked longer, and there's no guarantee of what he would say, uh, being able to work perfectly into Russo's speech later, which was so perfect to get him over as a hero to the boys and the internet types that live for getting over to the fact it made for good television was a rarity because these types of angles usually aren't great under uh those circumstances that we bischoff not rousseau that would have made that speech why wasn't bischoff the peacemaker behind the scenes and why would he leave before the end of the show so there's a lot of takes in here what you know i feel Elser's there's based on some of this shit but i think he's got some points with what he might've been trying to prove, but what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I just think overall in the grand scheme of things, this is not, this is not that complicated. Okay. Yeah. You could yep. argue the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Brett's contract ending height of the Monday night wars. Didn't want to drop like that's complicated. This is not complicated. This is just stupid. And and, yeah. and it's for no one. The casual fan watching is like, what in the hell was that? That was so stupid. I can't believe I paid money for this or I'm attending this. Yep. The, the, the smart fan like us is like, this is really dumb too. So it's like it just was for no one. It was just the entertainment value of this thing is like a zero out of 10. My payoff score is a zero out of 10. I just – absolutely horrible there's nothing redeeming about this yeah i think like you know i, I almost find the, the worked is work is work as it shoot like yeah you could break it down into its pieces and say like okay like how did the how did they do the promo this way like how did they do the promo that way like why did it work so well with other things like you said like you know the same thing are said about Brett and and Sean, like, why did did the camera show him doing the WCW, like, you know, hand motion, like, okay, fine, whatever, like, you know, sure, you can always make those arguments for these types of things, but I think at the same time, like, I think Vince Rousseau just didn't like Hogan. I think plain and simple, that's what it boiled down to. I think kind of explaining the story a little bit, like hearing like, hey, this is what they had laid out, like the DQ, like, okay, that does kind of make sense. And like at the end of the night, it would have given a little bit something more to it. But how it played out with this, like – very unusual i think you know why he did a play out on tv well you know we'll never know i think it, you know there you know we do know it was hogan like it's so usual like it really is i'm with you it has to be a zero i think there's no other way that you could do it i think that like hogan got worked i think that if anybody was getting worked it, it was hogan like plain and simple like the dude did get screwed and so um but also, like you, I, I get what they may have been trying to accomplish. If they say, "Oh, well, he, he wanted his people," like he wanted, you know, to push Hogan out. Like at the same time, like Hogan was top star, or the, I say the biggest name at this point. So you can't really shit on that too much and say, "Oh, well, you know," like Hogan's got a point with all of this. And so, especially like if that interview that I was kind of reading from throughout this was like literally 24 hours after all of this took place. Like it's going to be fresh. He's going to be hot. Like some of the things he said, he would not be saying if it was, even if it was a work shoot, it just wouldn't be happening. So yep. um, I think to that, like, it's just, it, it, like you said, it's weird and not in a good way and not in like a enjoyable way. It's just weird because it was all super weird. And we literally watched this Backstage bullshit play out on a pay-per-view in the middle of the freaking card, which is just weird, plain and simple. And, and and people paid for it. At least if it's on nitro, it's like it's free, you know. But people just in attendance paid for it. But um, I yeah, the, the last thing I'll say is just that, you know, I, I think it's a real testament to Vince Russo that I mean, a guy that was responsible for writing the Attitude Era that clearly has a lot of talent when it comes to the business has yep. barely been able to hold down a job in the business the past two decades. It's just right. a real testament to what a just pain in the ass asshole the guy is. You know, and uh, again, he it's not that he's not talented. It's not that he hasn't done many things. But like you, you, there, there's always this thing, and it's no different in sports. You see it with athletes all the time. It, is their level of being an asshole worth their talent level? Uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown was a very good football player, but he wasn't worth the hassle. Vince Russo is the same way. Yeah, he's talented. He's probably a better writer than many of the people that are writing wrestling right now, and he could probably step into the writer's room at WWE right now and be fucking tremendous. I don't doubt that, but his personality, the way he treats people, talks to people, behaves, you know, it's just not worth it. And that, and you see it right there, and and it's like, you know, you, you can't act that way. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're not above, you know, you're not so talented that you can do that. And again, the guy's barely been able to collect a paycheck in wrestling. Yeah. Bits and pieces here and there. Oh, made money with TNA for, you know, months at a time. Great. But like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not working in the wrestling business. So anyway, yes. well, we're going to, we're going to take it home. But as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, really fun episode. I actually like this. Um, I did too. Yeah. Be, be sure to mix some of these in there. I know this is like an extreme example, but some of these kind of infamous, hey, the actual quote unquote match was only a few minutes or whatever. I like these because there's there's so much to talk about. So this was a lot of fun. We appreciate you listening. Um, as always, we'll see you next week on an all new episode of The Payoff.